0: present pursuit of entertainment, education, and some adjective to be named later. The Homest Army proudly presents Trek West 5, a conglomerate podcast of science fiction, politics, humor, and pretty much whatever else they want to talk about. Your hosts for Trek West 5 are Joey and Peter. Good evening and welcome to Podcast 183. I am Peter. And I am Joey. Uh, welcome back, everyone, from the long holiday. I uh, had a few weeks off. Christmas, New Year's, uh, New Year's Eve, the Boxing Day.
1: <laughs> the week before Christmas.
0: The day after New Year's Day, if you're listening in New Zealand, John. Um, Aaron, you came back to the podcast. Is your annual appearance on the podcast (laughs) getting it out of the way early (laughs) um new year's resolution met (laughs) I, i uh well good for you setting goals aaron um i asked joey why uh because i was like what aaron's coming on And he was like, oh, yeah, I asked him to do some research. I I gave him a research assignment. Um, So we look forward to that, whatever it is. I'm completely oblivious to it. I have not been given forewarning. So I hope none of it's false
2: research. I was just supposed to hook you up hook me up okay. so I put your name into some dating websites
1: <laughs> well, that may have been this false
0: information this, this can't turn out wrong <laughs> um, okay well uh, Joey is there anything you wanted to talk about anything no, spectacular I mean, do you want to fill us in about Christmas for you at all if there's anything oh, well, noteworthy I gave
1: Aaron my iPad for Christmas Okay, that's you can see it sitting there in front of him.
2: One of the twelve tablets he has, I believe. Now,
1: (laughs) Aaron thinks that there's a tablet forest somewhere that I'm just skipping through and picking off the tree. That's great. (laughs) Um, I I feel like that's
0: an area of profit for you. Yeah. If that's the case, Uh, yeah. I also I gave away uh, my tablet. uh, My new tablet the kindle fire that uh, i got from work gave that to my sister who did not have a device um and uh, so she was pretty pleased by by that great um i got a really cool christmas gift i brought it downstairs to show you but we ended up not recording at our normal location which is my house yeah we're here at our office um where the new secret we're- bunker Yes. Uh, <laughs> Studio 41. And uh, that's because... Why, Joey? Why did we have to come in here?
1: Because Aaron didn't bring the recording laptop <laughs> up with him. Oh,
0: poor Aaron.
1: <laughs> I I
0: did not see you blaming Aaron, although I should have. Uh, I assumed you were going to end up blaming Best Buy or oh. <laughs> uh, some other retail store for not having your last-minute purchase to fix... Your laptop, which won't allow audio input.
1: Yeah. How my, does that happen? The brand new laptop. So apparently, so Apple that's... no longer includes audio inputs on their 13-inch laptops. They supposedly do on the 15-inch ones, but just not the one that I have. So,
0: so weird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so we scrambled for a while. Ended up saying, "Hey, let's just come into the office. We'll we'll record here." Um, and I, I think it's I think it'll work out fine. Yeah, should be a okay. I
1: assume you you are actually recording. I hope so. It, it, <laughs> there's little things moving around. Wavy lines yeah. are going up and down. Col- Colored right. bars jumping up and down as we speak. So uh, <laughs> hopefully that's recording. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I was going to show you.
0: You remember a few weeks ago I mentioned this gift that showed up at my door. Oh, yeah, the pre- it was, the uh, my, photo my uh niece the that picture. was had made me something. She had uh I, I can't say painted because I think it was a sketch. Okay. So not, not officially a painting. It was a sketch. But it's art. It's yes, she gave me art for uh for Christmas. Um let's see here, I can pull this up. I can kinda show you um what I ended up getting. And uh if you can kinda see from over there. Okay. maybe hand the, the phone around there. From Aaron, uh, so she did a sketch. She 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 arts things from time to time, <laughs> and she she does the sketch. She's not a digital artist like your wife is. She is a uh, an original Physical. artist. Physical artist. Physical artist. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say what what what's the term there? Yeah, without in- real, <laughs> I, did, I didn't say real. Time. I said original. Um, uh she did this sketch that showed this guy like kind of in that same similar pose in a hammock, uh just reclined back and uh, there was this nice little saying along with it. And I when I saw it, I said, "Holy crap, that looks fantastic. That's awesome. I would love something like that at my house. I mean, that's I don't have art. I don't I mean, I've got things on the wall but that's just because it was like oh that's free sure i'll take that <laughs> if it's free it's for me and i put it on the wall it's 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 not great at by any stretch of the imagination so when she painted this um i was was very very pleased uh to to get it very happy with it love it so it's a Voltaire
1: um, quote that says, "Paradise is where I am."
0: That's the new quote. Oh, there I was see. a different okay. quote. Um, yeah. Anyway, I love it. It's now my favorite gift that I've ever gotten, which beat out, oddly enough, a cheese grater. <laughs> um, a fancy cheese grater? No, just a, a normal cheese grater. I just, I when I got that cheese grater, I, I, I didn't have one. And it was so incredibly utilitarian that I was like, this is fantastic. I love this.
1: I I have a cheese grater, and it's very efficient. You know, my wife got for Christmas, her her favorite gift this year was a gravy boat. She said, I've never owned a gravy boat. <laughs> I thought, so? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You've been serving gravy out of... Uh, Measuring cups? The, the Like the Pyrex measuring cups? Uh-huh. It's been working great for me. I'm not <laughs> sure why we needed a gravy boat. But that's what she got, and she's
0: very pleased about it. Well, you're a man. You wouldn't know these things. Um, yeah, so she... He just called me a man. I don't <laughs> know if you caught that. So it came in the mail. I knew it was going to be a paint a picture pitcher. I didn't know what it was. Very, very happy with it. I like um, the trees. I think she did an excellent job with the, the trees. Whole, the whole thing. Like, it, that parchment she made. I mean, she got regular paper and then she stained Treated it. Treated it somehow. Yeah. In some way to make it look that's old-ish. Cool. Uh, very, very, very happy with it. So, um, I, that's the, that's a big highlight for me. Otherwise, I literally did Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Uh, I I sat around, I, I laid around, I ate, and I played Diablo 3.
1: Nice. And it was fantastic. I went down to uh, Orderville, and I did tech support for four different families <laughs> while I was down there. And also had to respond to two different situations on call with work. So, uh, not quite the slacker's paradise that your holiday was, uh-huh. but... I did all right, I did okay, yeah,
0: well, we're all back now. all the holidays are over, so I guess drudgery and uh, <laughs> pain for the next uh, eleven and a half months till we get
1: to the good stuff again. I don't know i, I I'm okay with going to work. I'm just fine
2: <laughs> with it. I'd rather be paid than have two weeks off
0: <laughs> um okay, so what's next? Do we have else? <sighs> Nah. Mm. Yes, we do. They're part of the top five. Let's do Facebook Find of the Week. Okay. Um, and I need to bring this up. I know what the award is, but I there's a couple of things on here that I want to reference. Um, so Facebook Find of the Week is going to go to Fishhead. Oh, surprise! Which big surprise. <laughs> I know. But uh, he had several different submissions. It was this one where. This person had been keeping track of all of the different kills that various action heroes had been okay. uh, accruing. Like the Clint Eastwood
1: and
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He
0: he is high on the list. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the top. Totally believe yeah, that. I'm actually looking at you the are.
1: winner right now.
0: Here's the interesting thing, at least for me, I find it most interesting. Um, number one. Steven Seagal is as low as he is. Yeah. Because that man makes a lot of movies. Yeah, but he I'm not like, saying they're great movies. He always breaks elbows.
2: Yeah, he cripples.
0: He cripples. Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great point. I didn't think about that. <laughs> he cripples. You're right. Um, the other person I'm really surprised is on this list. Charlie Sheen. Okay. I... I know he's been in a couple of. He was in Platoon. Yeah, uh, he did Hot Shots, part and Hot Shots part. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Which
3: I, had I a think kill was, counter. I
0: think they probably you know that that counts. <laughs> but still, I don't think he's done that many other movies where he's had to kill people. Yeah. At least
1: I, I, I don't know. I'm surprised know. Chow Yun Fat is so high.
2: Uh, well, I he's bet, done a lot of yeah Asian. That,
1: Oh okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's not uh, purely uh, a Hollywood okay. uh, actor traditionally. Um some of the other ones I have no idea who they are, but uh, I see people like, who was it? Um Bruce Willis could go up, Christian Bale could go up. Who is Why did I Mark Wahlberg? I see him going up yeah. as well. Um if they do another Expendables movie, I suppose Schwarzenegger, Stallone, <laughs> and Dolph Lundgren are, are going to spike again as well. They actually
1: are work, working on another <laughs> yes. Those Number three. Number three? Yep. Yeah. Okay. And uh, who was it that's going to be in it that I was so surprised? When Bruce Willis... Oh, it was Harrison Ford. Really? Bruce Willis <laughs> demanded a million dollars a day for... Four million dollars for four days of shooting. And they said, no, we're, we're okay. Thanks. And they went out and got uh, Harrison Ford. So... I'm surprised that Harrison Ford would do this. this <laughs> really? seems Yes. It just seems like they all get together and have a lot of fun, I
0: I'm, I'm sure it probably is, but still, he strikes me as the kind of actor who's more serious about his craft rather than, hey, let's just blow stuff up.
1: You know, I think a decade ago I would have agreed with you, but ever since Random Hearts, I, I've kind of thought, I think Harrison Ford just does basically anything that falls into his lap at this
2: point i think after the last indiana jones he's like i need something just anything you, you know gotta,
1: I mean? get, gotta get that taste out of the four days of now.
2: shooting sure you go ahead <laughs>
0: uh anyway so congratulations fishhead you will continue to not receive an award um top five okay should we do top oh, five sure.
2: first i gotta say i think Darmok and jalad at tanagra should have won It's like the the poster, or it's like uh, Patrick Stewart with a guitar. Somehow they've like put a guitar in his hand, and they made it like a uh, like a band name. (laughs) Like he's gonna Darmok and Jalad are gonna perform at Tanagra. Hmm,
0: that sounds like something I would like. Uh, I just uh, I don't remember it well enough. Uh, Yeah, that looks pretty interesting. Uh, (laughs) Brainy, good uh, good post. Um, yeah, I'm not sure in the end why I chose what I did because I there were several other cool submissions. It's Joey, because you, it was too long ago. You probably haven't mm. watched any of them, but there's this one where they're controlling actual physical objects with sound
1: waves. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah,
2: Just suspending them <laughs> in the
1: oh, It's way cool. Um, I, I did look at the uh, the cast of Futurama, Where's Waldo uh-huh. kind of thing. And I looked at, let me see, what was the other? I, d- I took the test, uh, the how you talk test. Uh, apparently, I speak like I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska. <laughs> so, which, my mother is from Lincoln, Nebraska. So, <laughs> I was oh. not terribly surprised by that. Okay, all right.
2: I speak like I'm from California or Oregon. Those were the... Hippie. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, and I saw the Moffat first one, but I think that was a while back.
0: Um, okay, let's do the top five, and the top five is things you did in high school. Things you did in high school. Now we did we got a couple of submissions okay. from people, uh, Fishhead being one of them, because this is actually his uh, suggestion. He says, "Happy New Year! What did I do in high school? Four years, as opposed to three years in many school districts in Utah. Apparently, Utah... Ninth grade is still... It's not considered part of high school, really. It's part of middle school. Weird. I did four years of high school. I think you did as well, right? No, I did three years. Okay. Um, Honorable mention. Read too much fiction. (laughs) Chess club. Went to class. Actually, some terms I had more... uh, Some terms... I had more excused absences than days in class and got good grades. (laughs) Impressive. Don't know how he did it, but Fishhead's a smart guy, so (laughs) I I can believe. I can believe. Uh, So his actual list, number five, early morning LDS seminary. No release time in Albuquerque. We actually drove to church. (laughs) I did release time. uh, Sorry, I did early morning as well. Thankfully, it was in my house. I walked downstairs. (laughs) I missed class once in four years, and that was only because I was away at a school function uh, in another city, so I literally, physically could not be there. So did your dad teach? No. uh, My dad was bishop at the time. And so our house... Well, I... It was probably the most centrally located uh, from, you know, the the rural community that was there. So, made sense. Number four, various student government organizations, positions, and activities. I, yeah, that makes sense that he he was in student government. Number three, graphic design, yearbook, programs, flyers, t-shirts, etc., now this gets weird. Number 1. He goes from number 3 to number 1. Okay. And then there's another number 1. Okay. So, first number 1. The tide. Yeah. Work. I had 3 plus part-time jobs in those 4 years, something uh sometimes overlapping. Number 1. Speech and debate. Oh, that's interesting. Uh he's a very articulate man Dean is. Um, but, uh, yeah, I would not have uh, expected him to have done speech and debate. I just just wouldn't have. Okay. And then he says, what I didn't do, play any sports or sleep. I averaged four hours a night. Um, yeah, I guess if you're holding down an extra job during high school, you probably don't have much time for other shenanigans. JD. Top five high school adventures, huh? Where did this topic come from? Well, I just mentioned fish head. Fish head. Send him in. <laughs> it's like he doesn't pay attention sometimes. Number five. Got detention once for starting a water fight in biology class in 10th grade. How awesome is that? LOL. <laughs> Four. Successfully, which by the way, I that is pretty awesome. But I had a chemistry class. I ended up in the same class as my brother this was a terrible class we goofed around so much <laughs> my brother, April 1st decides he's going to play a joke we were in the lab and he suddenly pretended as though he got something in his eye, screaming in pain ah, I've got something in my eye the teacher rushes over, brings him to the eye wash station and starts rinsing his eyes out and then my brother stands up and says, April Fools! And I'm just... uh, I I felt so ashamed to be a Nash that day. The teacher said, get out of the classroom! He left. Um, It was pandemonium. Weirdest thing about this story, he didn't get a detention. Somehow, he came back... (coughs) Excuse me, afterwards... And convinced the teacher not to give him a detention, nice. so, which means my parents never found out about it. <laughs> they would have beat him so severely for having pulled that stunt. They would have probably taken away his vehicle. Now it wasn't his car, but they let him drive to, sure. to school. It would have been oh, curtains for him. I so wanted him to get in trouble. I didn't ever say anything because I'm I'm not going to be that guy. You're not a tattle. Um, but it was uh, just one of those times. I was like, come on. Seriously, how did you manage to get out of this one? <laughs> All right. Back to JD's list. Number four. Successfully avoided being picked up, uh, picked on as a freshman by the upperclassmen just for being a freshman. Many of my classmates weren't so lucky. Yeah. Uh, number three. Went to the cinema for Star Trek First Contact opening day after school and saw three of my teachers there. <laughs> First time I ever realized teachers are people with lives too. <laughs> Number two, I was part of the behind-the-scenes crew on Midsummer's Night, Midsummer Night's Dream as a senior and consequently it's still my favorite Shakespeare play even now. And the best thing I did in high school, Megan Crockett. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, here's how disturbed I am. <laughs> I went on to Facebook. To see if we could find a Megan Crockett. To see Crockett. if I could find... I, I found several. Um, the half of them were too young to because okay. uh, I did the math here. And he was in high school around the same time we were... Anyway, he uh, <laughs> he doesn't have a Facebook account. I was hoping to find him, and then maybe he was friends with her. Sure, I, that's not the case because he doesn't have. He's dropped off Facebook again. Yeah. Um, but I there are a few that I found that are probably about the right age, and so. I can't. I don't have any confirmation, but still, that's that's a you funny know what number you
1: should one. do <laughs> send them all friend
0: requests. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't see how that would work. <laughs> I, I don't see me getting anywhere. Uh, he finishes still voting Jed Bartlett for president in 2016 uh, because he actually now that I think about it sent another sent a different email um, earlier that said hey hi still not watching BSG. Um, but I am rewatching West Wing thanks to Netflix, so I will be re-listening to the Trek West 5 episodes about it. Nice. Only fitting since that's the show I discovered this podcast in the first place. I uh, can't believe 2013 is almost over. It kind of flew by. Uh, yeah, you're right. It did. Um, while we're here, Listener M sent an email with... I just want to make mention of this. He sent an email... It has a picture of The Simpsons doing a scene from uh, Battlestar Galactica. I'm not sure if I am allowed to show you though. Oh, because it's got it could have spoilers. Okay, I just don't know enough of who each of these characters are supposed to be to know for a fact. So I don't want to. I don't want to do anything. Uh, with that, because, you know.
1: Other than point out that there's a picture that I'm not allowed to look at.
0: Yeah, I mean, he took the time to, to send something in, so that that's super nice of him. Um, okay, that's it for top five from emails. Let's do ours. Okay. Uh, so, should we do Aaron's first? Aaron, do you have a list?
2: Number five, got my GED. Mm. Um, you
0: did that in high school.
2: Yeah, it was like my last week. <laughs> well, because you knew you weren't going to yeah pass. no <laughs> so, uh, you'd have to go to school for like two more years yeah, I'll just go get my GED um, number four I drove a lot of friends around for their dates as I was one of the few who, who had a, a vehicle in high school um, number three got fat <laughs> it's, uh, Mostly because of uh, numbers one and two. (laughs) Soda. Um, (laughs) Number two is theater. I was in theater, so I would go and put on work for a part. I I would go and work for a couple days. I I would just stay at school for one or two days, and then I would go home and just eat as much as I could. Apparently, that (laughs) has an effect on your body, making it think it's going into you know your starving and so yeah builds up nice fat pockets to yeah uh and number one i'm gonna say professional theater because i actually worked at a a tuacon down in st george um big outdoor theater i got paid so i'm gonna call it professional theater (laughs) it's professional
1: sure. i think it counts why not you you had to be a member of my to work there so uh, okay, good list. Thanks very much, Aaron. Uh, Joey. Okay, for me, my, I'm going to have an honorable mention, which is never lost a fist fight. <laughs> in many of them, never lost one. I was in, a, a, on average, about seven fist fights a year from sixth grade until graduation, or until I left high school. <laughs> good. Until they all graduated. <laughs> uh, number five is Academic Decathlon. Uh, I really enjoyed this. I was one of the better students at it uh, and was all set to go to state competition and just clean up all the awards until number four happened. I was part of an underground student published newspaper. Remember that? <laughs> I remember this story. And uh, it was not very flattering to the school and to many of the administrators and teachers there. And... As a result, I was kicked off of the academic decathlon team. Uh, number three is computer hacking. This is actually where I learned to program, and at the time, the way most people learn to program <clears throat> was the same way I learned it. You get online in the internet chat rooms, and they teach you how to program by saying, well, here's this company's website, try to go break into it. And that's that's where I learned the skills that I started computer programming. Uh, they still benefit me today as I can now understand how people are going to try and attack the sites that I, that I create. Number two is audio uh, We So we had a school-produced news channel, and I was on the technical crew of that. Uh, one of the great benefits of that is that we had a, a closet that was decked out with all the AV equipment and it had all the monitors and stuff. And then on the opposite side of that closet wall was the actual classroom that had been the studio. And so we would hang out in that closet all day long. We would I remember, for example, I remember being in that closet, looking at the TV monitors when Waco went nuts. Mm-hmm. I mean, when all that stuff really hit the fan in Waco, Texas. Um, really enjoyed that. Uh, a lot of uh, technical skills, again, that I still apply in my life today. And uh, the number one thing I did in high school was technical theater. Never really wanted to be up on stage, never wanted to be the actor or the performer in any way like that, but had a, a great experience with a wonderful, wonderful man by the name of Russ Saxton, who I would consider probably the strongest positive influence on my life from birth until at least 25 years old.
2: Mm. I'd say top five for me as well.
1: Um, He, the man literally saved my life. I, I would have committed suicide. I would not be alive today if he had not found me and given me a purpose, something to drive to and to do with my life and try and be successful at. Unfortunately, as I went in and started to do that professionally, I realized this is going to destroy me as a person. I am, I am not strong enough to survive in this environment. I'll be dead on the s- sidewalk somewhere with, of a Coke overdose or something. <laughs> it's just, there's, there's something about that environment. People just, the, the morals are very loose. The, the, the way that the people behave and treat each other. I discovered oh, I can't do this professionally. I'm going to have to do something else. And,
0: which uh, I'm curious as I'm sure most of our listeners are which coke would it have been an overdose cocaine <laughs> coca-cola or like one of the coke brothers
1: like, wh- I'm, I'm just curious which it uh, would have been from uh, drinking cocaine laced coca-cola with <laughs> one of the coke brothers <laughs> well that's, that's what they do those coke brothers alright good
0: list good list uh my honorable mention is class. Okay. Actual class. I enjoyed uh, being in class learning stuff. There I had several that I really enjoyed, some that I did not, uh, and others I just got through. Number 5 is being a TA, a teacher's assistant. Uh I got to do this a couple of years and I got to TA for teachers that I actually liked and I respected. And it was a blast. I got to learn how uh I was a TA for a small engines class. They didn't really need me to do anything and I rarely like had to grade a paper because, you know, they're out in the shop.
3: Sure. Yeah.
0: But occasionally I got to go out and use the blowtorch and cut down metal for scrap. <laughs> and so <laughs> you know I I remember fondly the the day they were like, Oh well we need to cut down this car. That this has just been sitting back here, it's rusting out. You know, let, sure. let's just cut this down. <laughs> so I got to blowtorch a car. How cool is that? <laughs> that is pretty cool. Um. Anyway, ta. Uh. Because you, you got to t- be at school, legal, and not have to do anything yep. really. Number four is I'm going to lump is agricultural activities. So I was I took several ag classes. Uh, we. We planted crops. We harvested crops. We had all sorts of uh, projects in the classroom. Um, I did. I raised pigs for county fair huh. because of ag. I was in parliamentary procedure for ag. I did so many things r- related to this. It was a huge part of my high school, and I loved it. That teacher was the best teacher I've ever had. Uh, number two, uh, no, sorry, number three is I grew a goatee. <laughs> Junior year, I had a goatee. I had enough testosterone to make the the goatee actually grow on my chin, and I had one. Uh, not everybody else did. It's pretty nice. manly. Yeah, pretty manly. And and that tradition continues even today. Yes, it does. <laughs> um, number two is Dungeons and Dragons. Uh-huh. Uh, I had not a ton of close friends in high school, but the ones I did play Dungeons and & Dragons and a couple of other role-playing games. It was mainly D&D. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. It allowed me to expand my um, creativity, my imagination, uh, and I got to be you know close friends with these people. And I, I cherish that to this day.
1: Do you yeah. still play the same kind of characters you did back then?
0: Yes. Okay. Yep. Fighter. Okay. Um, number one is Sports. Uh, I loved playing sports, football uh, mainly soccer I did track as well uh, the athletic competition i it was just loads and loads of fun
1: yeah i you know when I mentioned theater I don't think I explained that I actually had uh, first my first period class was technical theater and this is in my senior year. My first period class was technical theater. My second period class was teacher's assistant to the theater teacher. My third period class was beginning theater. <laughs> and my fourth period class was advanced technical theater. And so I would get, uh, get to school in the morning, and I would head straight to the theater, and I would be there until lunchtime. <laughs> Fantastic. And people wonder why I didn't graduate. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, okay, so... Brainy sent in an email. He did not have a top five attached to it. I'm not sure why you left that off, Brainy. But that's okay. He says, For Brainy's Nook of Darkness this week, we check out the novel Chasm City by Alistair Reynolds. This is dark, hardcore, brilliant science fiction. I will only share a sliver of this amazing story since it's almost impossible to not spoil the novel. We are hundreds of years in the future... And humankind has colonized another solar system. The main character, Tanner, is on a vengeance mission. He arrives in Chasm City. Once a thriving metropolis, the planet then suffered a crippling nanotech plague. Those submolecular jerks. <laughs> the city's infrastructure has started to grow like trees in response to the plague. Tanner is then infected with a different virus... A religious one. Its designers hit the victim with flashbacks that reflect the life of the religion's founder, Skye Hausman. While Tanner deals with stuff, he occasionally vicariously experiences Skye's original pilgrimage to the crazy planet that we are on. Sky's Edge. Somehow, Tanner's sense of self becomes even more confusing as the story progresses to the point where Tanner can't figure whether he is hunting himself or someone else. Some of the big ideas beyond a living city and identity and self-actualization include how bored will people get when they live for hundreds of years as well as a look at the sparks that drive a culture towards evolving. Also, how do people recover after decades of cryogenic space travel? I wish I could say
1: more. Well, I'm glad you didn't, Brainy. Uh, I read Revelation Space last year, and Chasm City is the next book in the series. It's on my list to read this year. Oh, nice. So uh, I'm glad he didn't say too much more. (laughs) (laughs) Why you you wouldn't care? You're uh, more than which, happy to find out what's going to happen. When it's in books, the end. I generally try to enjoy the book as the author intended it to be. <laughs> he, he
2: likes to he likes to personally skip to the end. He doesn't like other people no.
1: to do it for me. No, that's all. That's only Encyclopedia <laughs> Brown. Those are the only books where I ever skip to the end. And uh, I just go read the, I, the end. I, I might mention another series, Harry Potter. No, I didn't skip to the end on Harry Potter. Oh,
0: you. You wanted me to tell you yes, what, what was what yeah. was going to end because I didn't want we had to read my conversations about this. <laughs> um and I think I swear you've said on this podcast, yeah, I just skipped to the end just to see what's going to happen and then I read the rest of the book to to see how it Anything
1: it all where it's anxiety tension? Yes, I do. Uh, but these are I wouldn't call these anxiety books. The interesting thing about Alistair Reynolds is he's actually he's a PhD, he works for the European Space Agency. So the you know there's so this isn't his day job no and and, and the, the a lot of the elements in there are theoretically sound, which you normally don't expect from science fiction
0: sure I think that's I think that's one of the core things of science fiction is it's not based in reality. This could literally you know this probably doesn't exist, which I think is a better form of science fiction because that means hey, let's think up some crazy wacko stuff.
1: And then let's invent it.
0: Okay. That's how... That's what I think. Yeah, there's that's actually... This is my opinion.
1: There's actually two divisions, that, classically speaking, within the science fiction. There's hard science fiction, and then there's soft science fiction. And hard science fiction is... <laughs> yeah.
0: Re- replace science fiction with porn there. Yep, yep. And then no, that I, statement I still works. I knew giggling. <laughs>
1: uh, in hard science fiction, it's generally based on what we can extrapolate of what we know of the universe today. Like, the the scientific principles are sound. Okay. Uh, Joey's Culture Corner. Please tell me that you're going to review
0: uh, the first book.
1: No, I was actually thinking to myself, as, he, as soon as you said what he was doing, I was like, oh, I wish I would have known that. I would have prepared to come and talk about Revelation Space. But uh, it's been about six months since I read it. I don't feel like I could do it justice. Maybe next week I can cover Wow, it. six months and you... You don't remember it well enough? I'm surprised. I'm genuinely surprised at that. I just don't feel I could do it justice. Like, I could probably recount the plot, but I couldn't tell you the things... I couldn't give the what I like to give as far as Joy's Culture Corner goes. Okay. I couldn't give it the in-depth treatment I feel it deserves. Uh, what I'm actually going to do is The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smog.
0: Oh, right. Uh, or Smaug, uh, as,
1: as they want me to say it, apparently. I refuse. It is smog. <laughs> uh, went to see this with my wife and uh, one of my one of my buddies. Did you come with us? I can't remember. Okay, you stayed home and watched the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, really enjoyed this. Um, I, the thing I'm enjoying about it is there's a lot of... In order to pad it out to be three movies, uh, they're taking some liberties with the storyline, but many of the things that they're adding in are based in other works that Tolkien has written, and they're just expanding the pieces of the story. And And an example I can give, a concrete example I can give is, uh, in the first The Hobbit movie, we see the council where Gandalf and Galadriel and Elrond, they meet with Saruman. <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> uh, and they meet together, they have this council. It's mentioned in the book, The Hobbit, that that happened. But you don't, it all happens off screen, so to speak, in the novels. So they bring that on screen and, and give us a view of maybe what happened there. Uh, so there's some stuff like that in this movie where it's just an expansion. There's some things like the character of Tariel, played by uh, Evangeline Lilly, I believe is her name. As far as I can tell, it's a total fabrication regardless. Is it
0: a love interest kind of thing?
1: Yes, it is a love interest for one of the dwarves. She falls in love with one of the dwarves.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. Wow. But I think they did a good job on it. I was still entertained. I think the best part of the entire movie is the spot where they chose to end it. Because there is still another movie yet to come in the series, Mm -hmm. and the whole time I'm thinking to myself, where where are they going to break this story off and the, the spot they chose I think was, was perfectly done it was it was ideal Yeah, I have not seen the movie yet I want to go see it my
0: thought was to go and see it during the break but each time I woke up I was like eh, I think I'll just stay in my pajamas I, I, today I, yeah I don't want to put pants on <laughs> <laughs> I, I ended up with wearing pants far more than I would have preferred uh, but still in the end didn't make it to the movie I would like to see it would you give it a thumbs up? Absolutely a thumbs up. Yep. Better than the first one.
1: Yes, I think it was better than the first one.
0: Even though it's it's venturing out into more unknown territory, even to the extent of potentially making some stuff up.
1: Yes. Yeah. It was it was a more entertaining movie, I feel, than the first one. Uh the the there's better action scenes and the character of Bilbo Grows a lot in the course of, of this movie and so he becomes more of a likable character. I didn't find him particularly likable in the first movie. Not to say I wasn't entertained. I enjoyed the first movie but the character of Bilbo just kind of stumbled through that movie and in this one he kind of c- kind of grows up a little bit and I enjoyed watching that process.
0: Moving on to episodes, we are going to cover episodes 11 through 12 of Battlestar Galactica Season 4. We'll start with episode 11, Sometimes a Great Notion. Dee kills
1: herself in despair, and it's just the beginning as people try to cope with the loss of their great hope.
0: Ah, so this is a happy episode.
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) You know what's funny is I actually enjoyed these two episodes, I think, more than anything we've seen since Starbuck came back.
0: Okay,
1: Not necessarily the best episodes but i enjoyed them more than normal the episode starts off with reintroducing us to d we haven't seen her in a while uh and i thought it was a good point what has d been doing she's she's kind of been off screen for a bit went back to her uh her normal role i would assume
0: yeah we've seen her there on on the bridge suicide risk (laughs) (laughs) um and everyone is everyone's in total shock yeah uh just so everything was hinging upon finding this planet which let's let's give credit where credit's due they found earth <laughs> no one's focusing in on that they hit their target it it's a shame that their target is has been you know nuked uh and there's no free, there's no way that they can stay there as the they're, you know, showing people around the planet. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, the, don't drink the water or eat anything. Whatever you do, <laughs> um, uh, they have. Uh, and turns out it was, according to
1: their best estimate, it was nuked two thousand years ago. Yeah. So this actually comes into the reason Aaron is here tonight. Okay. The question I had for him to go research, as the intern is supposed to do. Is how long does it actually take a planet to recover, or an area mm. to recover from mm. nuclear disaster? Uh, the reason I, the thing that prompted me to ask this was, people are living in Nagasaki again, so obviously it's not. You know, I was like in my mind, it's like okay, it can't be thousands of years because there was an atomic bomb that went off there and and it's only like 70 years later and people are rehabiting the area my
0: my first in my first guess might be is it the same like level or type of bomb because there's there's certainly levels of, of nuclear sure. nuclear weapons that we have nowadays um, so I say we hand it over to the intern yeah. at
2: this point to present the results of his research okay so the amount of time it takes for radiation to die down depends upon the amount. Of material that was used to create the reaction, and what material was used. Uh, some some of them have a very long uh, half life. Half life, like several thousand years, so th- that you know take hundreds of thousands of years before it's livable again. Um, from what I could find, Hiroshima, the air was basically radiation free. After several months, they went and they checked it, and they couldn't find any in the air. It was five to ten years before stuff started growing again. Okay. That didn't have a lot of radiation in it. Um, but Chernobyl, they say mm-hmm. it'll take another probably about another four hundred years before wow. people can go there, just because there's so much. Um material that went up into the air and then w- went to the ground and water and it's it's still kind of just sitting there um so they they say like uh, you know we have nukes that are a varying degree of of yield um but from from the what it looked like in the town it was more like what was used in like a hiroshima those those sounds where it was just, we want to destroy the city and take out a bunch of people. If you use a lot of those, it could be, you know, 10 to 200 years before it died down enough. But if you had a nuke hit a nuclear um, power plant... <laughs> fine the oh, it result com- it Compounding was, the- <laughs> worst case scenario was, kind of thing yeah, here it, it would basically well, I mean if you have hundreds of thousands of them going off on the planet, there's a chance something's gonna happen um it would be like geological ages before anything could live there, and if it threw up enough, it'd cause a ice age and so, yeah, I mean...
1: Okay. Now, in your research, did you come across... I can't remember what they called these. There was, a, I remember hearing at one point about a bomb that they were working on that would only kill living things and it wouldn't actually irradiate the no. atmosphere or the city or anything. So you could actually like wipe out the entire population that was living there and move your own a, people in. Yeah,
2: I believe that's a science fiction more than i mean no i i heard about this too.
1: neutron bomb neutron Neutron. thank you you didn't come across anything about neutron bombs or
2: okay but i i have read before about that if you set one of those off it would kill the soil it'd kill the the Mm -hmm. microorganisms in the soil that allow stuff to grow i mean that would be really really devastating
0: uh but the the infrastructure would remain the the buildings the physical stuff yeah. would be there life as we know it would would no longer be there
3: yeah
0: um you know, good research aaron um yeah, that I had never considered setting off a nuclear bomb over or in a <laughs> nuclear uh plant Reactor. Yeah. uh just because that would be s- wow. Yeah, just so so and so so it up I found crazy. a lot
2: of websites were like, you know, the 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 greatest doomsday, you know, but this is actually going to happen kind of. It's like, yeah, okay, I get it. You're uh you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that could happen. Not likely that somebody's going to, you know, track down the the sites where we keep all the radioactive waste and just plant nukes there for to see what would happen.
0: Okay. Um Back to the episode. Uh D is upset. We mentioned that. <laughs> Starbuck is off trying to find something. The source of this yeah. signal. The, the searching, beam, searching, the... searching, searching, searching. She comes across this piece of machinery. And she's like, oh wow, this is you know, yeah, this, this looks like this is the signal. It's, you know, batteries basically almost dead. And then they keep searching, they find this piece. Of wreckage. Of wreckage that has her call signal. Or at least a portion of it. Yep. And eventually, I'll just go ahead and skip ahead, they find her. Yeah. Bunch of, you know, the wreckage all over the place. They find the core piece, and there's this body that's been in here charred, I'm assuming burned up. Except there was hair, which why the hair remained and I don't know, maybe it was in the helmet. So it was protected. Right. Um, I don't know. She pulls off the dog tags and she sees, Oh my gosh, this is hers. Yeah. And how in the world has this happened? And weirdly enough, the like, Whoa, well this this is too weird for me <laughs> which has got to be a signal
1: somewhere to somebody to be like if
0: it's too weird for Open,
1: maybe we should just stop. <laughs> yeah, so the note I made here, the most important note is well the whole ignore what carrot is thing lasted all of about 12 minutes into this episode. <laughs> but thanks for trying, Brainy. <laughs> um so
0: also they find the remains of centurions. And what look like humans, but they test, which now they have a magical test,
1: <laughs> um, and determine well, our... the Cylons, Cylons. have a test. Do they? It's the Cylons who are reporting these yeah, were Cylons.
2: Like, we've been... Okay. we tested several different places throughout yeah,
0: the-, the... the and they're mass graves, so, you know, big bunches where people apparently died, fell yeah. and died, and this is where their
1: bodies decomposed well, at. This
2: is still in the city that they're... At least the site that they're at, that was still... Well, they mentioned that
1: they tested several different sites. Yes. 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 So, yeah. So, it turns out the 13th colony was Cylon from the beginning. Yes.
0: Crazy. And I've never done this. I was confused when I watched it the first time. I'm confused now. The timeline of these things, and I can't let you go and figure this out for me because this would be (laughs) the sort of thing that you could do, but, like... What's the, the time frame of Earth, the 13th colony, and, like, Kobal? like, who left from where to go where that sure. came yeah. from this place, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um,
1: that, that's, it's... Well, at one point, they were all together on Kobal, and they split, and one group found the 12 planets... Where they, you know, the 12 planets that they think of themselves as the 12 colonies and things like that. And the other group went to Earth. Yeah. Uh, you know. I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. We do have an intern that can do research projects now. <laughs> oh, he's now able to do the
0: research projects. That, well, now that he's got himself. that iPad. He's proven himself. Proven that I can. <laughs>
1: It's always the guy who's supposed to be doing research for us. But I'm saying we've actually made use of that facility now. You could turn to him and give him a research project. And then that also brings him back on the podcast. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, okay, so uh,
0: flashback for Tyrrell. Weirdly touches this. Blackened uh shadow on the wall, and he when he does gets this flashback of yeah. him living back when this happened and it turns out weirdly enough where maybe he's just projecting this because he's a cylon right this was him yeah this was his shadow like well, th- I think cast. he's just
1: he's like, reliving one of his memories could be could be. And the,
0: I I can't, this has got to be all so totally new for Tyrell. I mean, cause he's just realizing he's a Cylon, but he has no real history or memory. This is
1: history for right. him. Yeah. This
0: is something he can say, oh, okay.
1: I came from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Not just, oh, Hey, how did I end up where I did? Yeah. You know what? You know, cause he had parents. Were his parents Cylons? <laughs> did his parents adopt him? He had siblings, I think. Was he just swapped as a child? Yeah, how yeah. did that whole thing come to be? That's a good question. I, I don't know. Um, okay, my next comment Doesn't here.
2: Did one of them ask that? In this, that. in this set so. of
0: episodes? No. I, maybe. I don't remember. It might be in
2: the next episode, but one of, one of the. The, the the guy that's with uh Kara Thrace. Geta? Is that his name? Okay. The uh, guy
1: with the prosthetic leg?
2: No. leoman The, the Cylon? Cylon? The one that was on the planet with her.
1: Yeah, Leoban. He's a Cylon.
2: Not the the first planet she was on. He was the Freedom Fighter.
1: Oh, her husband? Yeah. Anders. S- Anders is not in these two episodes that I can remember.
2: I wanna say it was him. Somebody asked like, how did we get here from there? Like, 4,000 years or 2,000 years, that's a lot of time. Where, where did all those memories go?
0: Okay. My next comment don't spin, just tell them the truth. Which is my comment for whatever's happening in the show. They're like, oh, how are we going to. Well, turn that's this actually, around? that was
1: D's. Wait, no, D that said was that. her summation yeah, yeah. of, you know, hey, yeah, just tell the is, truth. Because my note is, D has a novel idea. Don't spin, just tell the truth. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 because that's right. She uh, meets up with um, Apollo there in the old CAG room. Yeah. Um, which would be refreshing um, since it seems like most of the fleet already manages to know most of what's happening there anyway. So I'm not sure how they're spinning you know, what they could possibly
1: spin? Yeah. Uh let's see. Th- th- there's there's a couple things I want. I just want to jump back if we can before we get too far down this path. Uh, the first thing is I thought it was really interesting that the Kara and Leoben scenes on the planet use a different filter on the camera than any of the other scenes. There there's a there's this weird lighting effect that's going on whenever we see Kara and Leoben. All the colors are washed out. Mm-hmm. Almost like it's like gray tone instead of being a full color shooting. Uh, I don't know what we're supposed to get from that. I don't know if it was just to manipulate the viewer on a subtle level, but I honestly did not notice a
2: real this moment. Yeah.
1: I I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Um, Second thing is Athena is free. She's out of the brig. She's wandering around on the surface. When was she in the brig? just an episode ago after she shot the number 6 and adama locked her up oh i thought she was forgiving him that again i i don't remember seeing that <laughs> that's all i was saying is i don't remember actually having on screen
0: i mean come on if if uh if uh, adama can forgive face hole you know <laughs> for for shoot or uh, not facehole uh um yeah facehole no Sorry, I'm talking about Callie. If he can forgive oh. Callie for shooting Face Hole, um, then
1: why can't he forgive? I don't Athena have a problem with it. I just thought, I don't remember seeing her released or any discussion of why she was released or anything. It just kind of, like, they just expected that the audience would forget that, yeah, last time we saw Athena, she was in the brig. <laughs> Everyone's forgiven. That's the point of this show, Joey. Okay. Let's forgive everyone,
2: no matter how many people you kill. Let's forgive <laughs> you.
1: The the third point I wanted to raise is I just it found I found it very bizarre that as they're excavating these graves, suddenly everyone's an archaeologist. Like they just have just random characters down there brushing away at the in the mass grave pit. Um, I'm curious,
0: not that I don't mind, you know, pointing out plot holes, I'm just curious what uh, what makes you um, think that, that they are experts. Well,
2: think about it, they, they all realize that they had to have more than one job, I mean... <laughs> the colonists There's not a lot of them left So they all took up my span my, my night job As <laughs> <is> an archaeologist
1: <laughs> I just thought it was weird That they didn't go get Any uh, didn't, They didn't seem to go get Anyone who is A professional scientist Other than uh, Baltar Baltar Yeah I don't he, think, I think they, they have any there. Do they?
2: I don't know So they didn't get anyone Who's a professional scientist Right? Isn't Baltar just Professionally crazy <laughs>
1: I believe he actually was a scientist, (laughs) but yes, he is pretty crazy. That that's mainly what I want. I just wanted to throw those things out there as things from this up to this point in the story that kind of caught my attention or bugged me a little bit.
0: Okay. Um, Rosalind decides to burn the book of Pythia because she's just so upset. How could I have been betrayed in this way? I hate the world. I hate these prophecies. They brought me nothing but
1: pain. It's a very disturbing way to burn a book, by the way. One page at a time. Yeah. And to sit there and watch each page burn before you turn the next page <laughs> she into the fire.
0: really pissed. Yeah. <laughs> she, it, it, it's sad, but, I mean, she had no guarantee that everything was going to be perfect. That life was going to turn out super great. Um, I, her expectation here is the problem. Uh, it, it's unfair of you know the book to be blamed. Yeah. For this thing, she projected whatever she wanted to onto this. You know that this is going to be this. You know the dying leader leads them um, to Earth. Well, sorry, you did that. <laughs> it, great, well did. done. That's true, but there's nothing in the scrolls that said, "And everything's going to be wonderful and the lush, end. and no one's going to bother you ever again." I mean,
2: <laughs> you're on a spaceship without smoke detectors. How great can things end up? <laughs> a good point aaron
0: (laughs) i guess the the parts per million aren't enough to to trigger because there Uh, have to be
2: you see a bit of smoke in that room as she's burning that book she disabled them
0: she's gonna face fines from the uh fcc what's the air traffic uh (laughs) faa the faa not the fcc (laughs) there's not the i don't know She's going to face fines from the federal
1: government. You know, I I can't remember what it was in the episode that caused me to make this note. But right after the burning of the Book of Pythia, I have the line, Disposing of your own corpse. Talk about being a neat freak. Yeah, <laughs> Who was that? This is Kara.
0: This is Starbuck. Oh, right, right, right. Because okay, because she burned her. She's yeah. yeah, destroying I mean, this, this is something we haven't delved into yet. Let's do it now. This is Kara Thrace right there. Yes, that that all signs point to that being her viper. All signs kind of point to it being her. I mean, even when you pull back the helmet, the little bit that we saw, I saw blonde hair. Yep the the thing, the dog tags. Everything kind of makes it look that way. She's destroying the evidence because this, I think, points to she's a Cylon. Okay, because. Who else in this series has got a second body but Cylons? And I think, in her mind, if no one finds out about this, I'll be fine. Okay. No one needs to know about this. Leoban, he's, he's, free, he's wigged out. Yeah. He can't handle this. Well, and, and she tells him that prophecy.
1: Anything. Right. And that freaks him out really
0: bad. Yes. Yeah. Good point. So, I think that this is... Oddly enough, write in character with Starbuck. Hide it. Don't let
1: anybody know how potentially screwed up I still am. Yeah, I'm glad you remembered what that note was because I just remember thinking how how weird of an experience that would be knowing that it's your body. You're destroying the evidence. And the whole time you're going, what am I? If that's my body, what am I? Which, by
0: the way, I, burning it's not going to get rid of the bones. And it's clear that thing has already been torched.
1: Well, yeah,
2: <laughs> I mean, if you have a doppelganger out there, you want to make sure you burn it with fire. <laughs> Maybe splash I, some holy water on it. You know, just really make take sure your it's precautions.
0: Down. Further, additional research has been provided by the intern. <laughs> we need to heed this. So good, good comments, Aaron. Um, still, it is. It's one of those moments that is sort of like I feel like the fleet might be doing something different if they had this information they might treat carathrace differently. <laughs> differently um and it is it's cast huge question marks on who cara thrace is because she shacked up with uh turns out one of the final five you know anders what does that make her? Right. And why had Leoban been chasing her for so long? Why was he so obsessed with her? Is there something inside of him that says, hey, you're a match for her in some regard? It, the the whole thing, just to me, really amps up the what ifs. I, the, I what, what could this be? The mystery factor.
2: That if the fleet learns that she's, you know, possibly their destruction and, you know, a danger to them all. They're going to lock her in the brig for days, or
1: possibly elect her as their leader, <laughs> and, and then let her out. <laughs> does seem to be the run of this show. It really does. Uh, so they we we cut back to D and uh, Leah Dama. They've been out on a date, mm-hmm. and D mentions this is the happiest she's been in a long time. Yeah, it's a great date. Way to go, Lee. And then she goes in and kills herself.
0: So we we see Gata there. He's still pretty pissed. Rubbing his stump. Mm-hmm. Just want to call that out. That looked incredibly real to me. Yeah.
1: They did a good job with that consistently.
0: It the, the these two episodes make me think did he always
1: did he that guy always have a a leg leg?
0: for real like does that person have a leg because it looks so incredibly realistic uh, in in all of these episodes but he's got this sour attitude she's all up and airy and he's just down and and sad and she's like look can you just give me a minute here to just be happy I just had this good day he's like alright fine I'll give you some peace he leaves boom
2: (laughs) Well, he says he says I'll give you some peace, and then and like before he leaves, he's like, "Well, yeah, none of us knew, you know." He he's a downer again, right before he leaves.
0: Um, I think the way I see it is she wanted to be happy,
1: right? She wanted to go out on
0: that note. Let, let's just, I nothing else as good is going to happen. Nothing positive is going to come of this. I'm just, I'm done. I'm checking out. I had a really great day. This is the best that it can possibly get. I'm out.
2: And there goes the best, the, the character that I, the only character I really liked in the show.
1: Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Uh, she, she's not really a bad person.
1: I I you know, I just. All sorts of good qualities. The batter. only thing I really felt comfortable saying about this is never judge another person's ability to tolerate pain.
3: Yeah.
1: You know, who she knows what enough. was going on for her. Mm-hmm the way that her mind was processing the situation i just feel like rough really rough scene uh, well
0: played M- morbid thought from uh, from me here the production the way that they filmed there was the pool of blood mm-hmm. and then you could see her reflection of her face in the pool of blood i when i when that was shown i noticed it and i was like wow that's that's really pretty cool. It's pretty subtle. You're not paying attention, you're not gonna see it. It's just gonna be a you know, pool of bud blood with a body next to it. Um I, I thought that
1: was nice. Um We get this conversation between Lee and Bill. Yeah, he, as he's he's standing over the body. Did, did which, it
2: appear to anybody else as if Apollo is relatively unaffected by her death? No. no. It, it, it it's just like, a, just like a. Uh, he's not
1: okay. he's not the physical exhibition of emotional guy like he's he's pretty reserved I found it odd that uh,
0: Admiral Adama just reaches under the table and there's a bottle of booze underneath no, he there he
2: was pulling it out of his
0: is it out plate? of his sock I couldn't tell you see it I sure, thought it was out of his sock it sure looks like he to me just looked like he reached down it makes sense that it's in his sock but to me it just sort of looks like huh autopsy table yep this is here <laughs> glug,
1: glug glug well uh, doc coddle is constantly smoking I can see. it seems a perfectly good place to keep a bottle of booze <laughs> no, no one's ever in the autopsy table thinking hey this is a fantastic place to be right now <laughs> um, but uh the, lee, lee asks tell me why would she do this and bill's response is i don't fracking know and and i wish mm-hmm. i could do it justice because the way edward james almost delivers that line really stood out for me because there's just this this emotional inflection in there that was so real and so so believable i just i was really really hooked by that i i found it a perfect delivery of kind of a weird awkward short line he just, he nails it and made me feel what that character was feeling.
0: Yeah. Sorrow, sadness, exhaustion comes through and just that. Uh, I also enjoyed the the next phrase after Lee uh, leaves the room. He says, I let you down. Yeah. I let everybody, everybody down. down. Um, he really feels this to the very core of him. Um, to the extent that I, I think uh, Duala is more of a, a better daughter Uh, (laughs) that he could have never had than starbuck Starbuck
1: ever could possibly be but that's she's a great person she's a great character sure so bill goes off and and my note at the time was bill goes to kill ty yeah i I thought i I thought this was anger by
2: cylon is what i had (laughs) well that's i got
1: there but the initial thought was this is anger he's gonna go Kill the one person he can blame right now in this moment.
0: Did you notice the hallways?
1: Yes, then that's what, that was why I was right, so even.
0: despondent, dejected, yeah. all military protocol gone. We've given up.
1: Yep. Just, well, so the note mess. I have is Bill goes to kill Ty walking blindly through the despondent and chaotic dregs of what has become the last of the human race. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was just so perfectly. It, he's blind to it. He is not seeing anything right now. He's on this beeline to Ty's room yeah where they have a great
0: heart to heart conversation and yes. it, it's just it's wow the it's a wow scene grabs Ty's gun
1: yes that's when I said oh correction Bill wants Ty to kill him yeah. suicide by Cylon
3: mm-hmm
0: uh, the scene with uh, Apollo where he erases the 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 number one in 39,651 yeah uh, as as Dualla is now dead um and then I wrote, I don't understand what I wrote here again. Selfing out to find someplace else. Could you make sense Selling of that?
3: Selling out?
0: Starting out? S E L F I N G. It could potentially be um, S E L T. Selting out. Those are the letters that I have before <laughs> me. I have no idea I have what i I got. No I've idea what that there. is either. I've got nothing. Uh quote though, we will find a new home. Yeah. As oddly enough, Ty is the voice of reason in that heart to heart, and Adama comes to himself. Apparently he's gotten it out of his system. He apparently didn't have a boxing ring that he could go in and beat somebody to death with, um <laughs> or near to death. And he makes the speech. We are gonna find a new home. Don't despair, Fleet. I we
1: are gonna yeah. find something. Uh, You know, the question I have, I don't know why I wrote it at this point. I'm not sure. I can't remember what in this point of the episode triggered me to ask this. But if they had these skin jobs 2,000 years ago, what was the whole deal with that hybrid thing that Adama saw when he was younger? That they already had the skin jobs. They'd had them for 2,000 years at that point. What were they doing there? What was the need they were trying to fill? very curious about what's going on with that. Yeah, it's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, in his speech, Adama talks about being tired and he gives this very long description of how tired the human race as a whole is at this point. And, or is it, is it during his speech or is it when he's talking to Rosalind? I can't remember, but he's talking about, he tells this story about the foxes, the fox and the hounds and how his dad would take him out. Fox hunting. Mm-hmm. And the hounds would would tree the fox, uh, so he's he's telling this story to Ty about how his dad took him out th- with the foxes because he talks about how the foxes would swim out into the river and sometimes some of them would just give up halfway across and just let the let the water carry them out to the sea. Ah, uh, I just I you know I I know that feeling. I've been there in my life. and I, I knew and I understood and appreciated exactly what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Also. Very different version of the Fox and the Hound than the Disney one.
0: <laughs> yes, I suppose that's true, as it's real life.
1: Yeah, not a cartoon. Well, I'm just saying, you know, Disney once again screwed it up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. I've seen pictures uh, on the internet with uh, foxes and hounds playing playing together. Um, yes, and that is in Ty's mind. Yeah, as he's saying, he's a. I think to the point of giving up, because that's that's what he's saying, just, just take the current right on out to yep. sea as he's walking out there into the ocean, which I got to think there's a better way to off yourself than just <laughs> walking out. until you drown. Yeah. Uh, and then he has his flashback. Yes. Uh, where he... I'm not sure how he managed to, but he, uh, I'm assuming reached down and managed to feel this thing, this metal door, this safety deposit box door. I'm assuming that's the best I could come up with yeah. that it looked like. Um, and he's like, oh, what's this? And then, you know, triggers the flashback of the explosion right after. And, you know, they're still alive. He's trying to unbury his
1: wife. And it's Ellen. It's Ellen. Dee Dee called it. He called it, like, three months ago.
0: It's her comment that says, oh, don't worry. All of the things are in place. We will be reborn together. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting. I like your thought process with the whole, wait, why did we have those other skin jobs? Like, what what was that all about? And if this is a whole planet full of Cylons. Who attacked? Sure. Who attacked? That's another good question. Okay. But, um, why are there only twelve models? I see your because point. in the flashbacks, we see other people, yeah, that I don't
2: recognize,
0: so
1: and there this was is supposed a, to be a elite
2: world From this what I got was that there wasn't an attack by the outside. This is their civilization imploded, and you had these twelve be like, "Hey, let's make a resurrection ship and get the crap out of here because." things are falling apart
0: i don't i don't i don't think there's enough information here to make that jump i see where you how but, your that, that, your thought process it's is the societal it's elite a plausible i just don't buy like that. a
2: council or something maybe yeah
0: okay um anyway apparently they're whatever it is they're part of it yeah um and they're gonna manage to survive big question for me that that's something i'd like to know okay that's the last of my notes. I don't know if have Okay, do we have any else. listener comments? We do. Just the one uh, from Brainy. And uh, he says, Sometimes you find an M-class planet. Sometimes you find an irradiated... Uh, an irradi- Sometimes an irradiated planet finds you. I am conflicted to assess this episode on one hand. The Galactica's graffiti wall that says, Frack Earth yeah. is one of my favorite moments of the series. I was originally watching this episode with a great friend, and we still can text each other the words, Frack Earth, with a well-received, nostalgic dose of levity. Most of the other parts are really quite a bummer. Let's just drop in on three of the main scenes in real time. Leoban and Starbuck Hey, I am totally sorry about enslaving you in a birthing farm, and also for the second time I incarcerated you and forced you, through torture, to love me. And, of course, I'm sorry about your fake baby. You see, I'm the spiritual Cylon, and I did all these things because, obviously, I was enacting God's plan for you. So, that's why we are going on this insane existential hunt. Because I'm the religious robot. But I don't have enough faith to explore the divine intervention afoot with your burnt corpse. So I will just run away in the style of Lionel Hutz. <laughs> Leaders are supposed to be examples. Hi, my name's Rosalind. Religion is stupid, but I'll use it for political gain. Then I'll embrace it. Then I'll abandon it again when I don't want. Uh, when I don't get what I want, I will burn my book. I will let the fleet down, and uh, when they need lifted up, because I'm sad. Wah. And, Adama throws a new wrinkle in the standoff trope with Saul by holding his own gun to his own head. I really wish he wouldn't have broken down so much. It does not make the character real to me, just whiny. At least he picks himself up in the end. Finally, I can't decide whether Dee's death was a consequence of the other character's plight. I appreciate how there's a real cost to the fleet's actions. But I am also peeved that we lose the show's hottest chick. And did Saul mutter something at the end there? Sci-Fi 7, TV 4, music 6. Um, yeah, I uh, just want to call back. I mentioned, I think, way at the very beginning, a lot of people are going to die. <laughs> a lot of
1: people are going to die in this series. Yeah. Uh, I also noticed the Frack Earth graffiti, mm-hmm. by the way. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah.
2: So, uh, it's one of the things he walks past is the lady spray painting okay. it.
1: Okay. Okay, Pete, science fiction rating?
2: I am going to give this a
0: six. Uh, I thought it was good. For the most part, it was not super science fiction. This was just sad. This is dealing with sadness. Um, it was it was perfectly good, though. I mean, just not stellar. Okay.
2: Aaron? Maybe give it a three. They got rid of my favorite
1: characters, so. Okay. Uh, I give this a seven on science fiction. I thought the getting this idea that the other Cylons, the you know the final four, final five, that they getting to see some of their backstory or their life before they became embedded within the colonies. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that. Uh, Interesting to me as I was thinking it through. I was like, wait, so Tyrrell, in his flashback when the bomb goes off is the same relative age to Ty as they are now. Yeah. Very interesting <laughs> little <laughs> plot point.
0: Uh, for television, uh, I am going to give this a seven. Okay. I, I actually, really liked it it was sad it but you know there was that lift up at the end there mm-hmm. with, with adama hey we're gonna get through this okay we all get sad that's fine it's tough um then with duala dying that's that's gutsy to kill uh really what i would imagine is probably a pretty favorite character around yeah. there. everybody would probably like her she's never done anything that we think oh that's dumb you know, she's been a very even-keeled well, she person.
2: Mary Apollo. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, Aaron, television.
2: I'll give it a 4. I, I also didn't like it as much, but uh it did show us that archaeology can be done by average people. <laughs> <laughs> Good point.
1: I actually gave this one an 8. As I mentioned earlier, I don't necessarily think it was Better television, but it was more enjoyable somehow. Uh and and one of the strong points of the episode for me, and this is just my grim and morbid sense of, of entertainment, was Dee's suicide and the way she was completely happy, put that gun up against her head, singing a little tune, and pulled the trigger. I, I giggled about that for probably three or four minutes. I just thought that was a hilarious way to send that character off. Yeah, yeah, that seems wrong. That seems wrong. <laughs> Uh, but uh, in the end, I really ended up enjoying this episode. Give it a neat. Moving on to our next episode A Disquiet Follows My Soul. Zarek and Gata quietly lead a rebellion against the Rosalind Adama administration.
0: Oh, a good episode. For me, a little bit better than the previous. Okay. While I still like the previous. Uh, but uh, this is uh, pretty cool. Starts out with the ultrasound. Um, mom
1: and nope, happy father. That's what I've got. What do you got? It starts off with Adama sleeping in his uniform and waking up oh, and reading sure. an Emily yeah. Dickinson poem before he goes to work. Because there's nothing to start your day off right <laughs> <laughs> like the poetry of Emily Dickinson.
2: <laughs> A nice happy start to the day. What
1: was the poem? Do you recall the words? There's a languor, or no, the the, the line, a disquiet follows my soul, is from that poem. It's talking about how the pain... Oh, but you said Adama read it. Yeah, he reads it out loud. He goes over to his shelf, and he pulls this book off the shelf, and he reads it, and I can't remember right now, off the top of my head, the, the, the specifics of the poem, but it's like, there's a disquiet that follows my soul that's worse than death. Huh it's the pain like a method actor maybe
2: he was getting ready for that day's shooting and they're like just record this this is awesome (laughs) (laughs) like I'm supposed to be really upset all right Emily Dickinson
3: Uh,
0: the it's true it's 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 decent scene it's not bad scene I just didn't bother to make note of it it is the drudgery of a man who's trying to keep everything together
1: literally by himself now right he's He's, all alone it's his will that is keeping everything moving and it's showing the impact that that is having on him.
0: Yep it, it it weighs one down because that's a tough load to bear for sure. Um, now the happy parents.
1: Yes, now the happy parents.
0: All right, it's a fun scene. I I like it because it's got Doc Cottle and he's got some funny one liners. <laughs> um, but uh, you know the he's like, oh I can't see what that is. I I can't make that out. And you know it's the the ultrasound and they're like, oh yeah, look here, that's. You know, it's the hand, it's the face, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you
1: know, I have to agree with Ty. I always have trouble seeing, making anything out in those ultrasounds.
2: Well, it is like a Cylon baby. Maybe like, that's the laser mounting (laughs) aperture. (laughs) This is the inhibitor chip right here.
1: Uh, the poem, the Emily Dickinson poem. There is a languor in the life more imminent than pain. Tis pain's successor, when the soul has suffered all it can. That's the poem. Yeah. I thought you said uh, a disquiet
0: follows my soul. Or is that the name of the?
1: Nope. apparently that line is not in there. I was I was mistaken. Oh, okay, okay.
0: Wait, because she didn't she didn't name any of her poems, right?
1: No, so they're just generally like generally we refer to her poems. The title of the poem is just the first line, okay. usually.
0: Okay, um. Okay. All right. Uh. So the first they make a big deal about how this is the first Cylon Cylon pairing. Yeah. Uh. And that is that's a big deal. And you know, six kind of fills in the blanks because, uh, again, Ty doesn't have all of the information that you know six yep. does. She's like, this has never happened before. And we've tried. We've tried. It's never been able to to happen. So my. I'd
1: like to posit Theories. that, Ooh, I that like it's this. the lack of a resurrection hub that allowed it to start working.
0: Oh, that's an interesting idea.
2: I like to think that something in stops this from happening. And since both of these people are completely insane. <laughs>
1: now, I, I, I think that by shutting the door on the resurrection, they open the door to procreation. Here, here's a, here's a
0: couple of thoughts. Uh, I, I like your idea because that kind of makes it seem like oh, their DNA is, like, it learned, it knows, it's smarter, it's thinking for itself kind of thing. I like that. That sounds pretty cool. Um, My thought is, you know, they made a big deal in season one. um, Carl G. Agathon, call sign Hilo, uh, when he was on the planet. Okay. It was love. It was love. There was this bond, this emotion. That's the thing that really managed to do this.
1: And with these two... (laughs) I wouldn't call it that, love. Well, that's the, yeah, that's why I was looking for another answer. Right? It,
0: it's it's a more disturbed type of emotion. Codependency. Yeah. <laughs> you, you could instead of taking it a
2: masochism, beat
0: me to death,
2: and then we'll make love. It, you know. Instead of taking it a science route, you could say maybe that's like the religious significance. You know, you're no longer immortal. Now you get to have children.
0: That's possible. Any of those things are all possible. Um, I'm, I don't feel like I'm just making a mistake here by saying I don't think we ever get an answer. Okay. I don't think it's ever answered. But it's a fun theory to look into.
1: I, I, I was satisfied enough with my thought that, mm-hmm. oh, this is a consequence of not having the Resurrection Hub that I'm not worried about it. Right. Um,
0: okay. So he is the future. And the savior of this race. I want a
1: complete workup on... I want a complete biomedical profile on this. Savior. Ah, Doc Cuddle. Stealing the scene again. I
0: need a drink. Here. It's the next best thing. You're going to smoke in front of this woman? She'll live. <laughs> Oh, Doc Connell, how have they managed to make you so awesome? He's been smoking in front
2: of all of his patients. He
0: has. I'm glad to see that smoking is still it's 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 recognized as not a good thing. Like yeah. she, she's the first medical personnel to to say,
2: "Yeah, why why are you doing this? This doesn't seem healthy." I can see him just you know blowing smoke in the face of a guy going. You have lung cancer. <laughs> just enjoy <laughs> the <this> smooth,
0: <laughs> smooth air. Uh, okay, so we jump over and no one's talking to the press. There's a press conference. Yep. A lot of not, no, all, no comment. All the questions are just rebuffed. Um, until <laughs> Lee Lee uh, makes a mistake and says, Hey, we believe this fifth Cylon is dead. And they're like, well, how can you know this? like... Well, we're pretty sure she. And they're
1: like, "Whoa! How do you know it's a she?" And then they're like, "Okay, pr- press conference over." That That's, was the last <laughs> question. He did. He did tell them in advance one more question. <laughs> Conveniently. Uh, so, yeah. Uh,
2: so, did would, you do it on purpose? No. Oh,
1: okay. I, I was saying that the writers. Oh. <laughs> uh, Zarek, I, I really thought Zarek had a lot of good dialogue in this scene right here. There were Uh several lines that he had. He and Adama? Uh, Like, he tells Lee, sorry, I get confused on what your job is on any given day. (laughs) (laughs) Which I I thought was a very well taken point. Very good. And then uh, uh, the other one I really liked of his was, funny how Rosalind disappeared when her prophecies about Earth turned out to be a bunch of crap. (laughs)
3: And
0: just to point out, prophecy wasn't incorrect. They got nope. to Earth. Yeah. Yeah. Never said it was going to be Eden. Just said it was going to be Earth. The lone and dreary world. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's see here. Discussing using Cylon technology. One of the questions that's raised yes. is, hey, are we going to be using Cylon technology? Well, I'm not going to discuss hypotheticals. I think that was his answer. I don't know. It was one of the types of answers he gave.
1: Well, because they asked that they're going to do it with the jump engine. He's like, "Look, jump engine modifications are a security issue." Right. Okay.
0: Okay. Good. Good. Um, so the idea though should be kind of repugnant to them still, shouldn't it? Because that was the whole thing. Like that's how they managed to get in and decimate them is because they introduced Cylon technology into. The real fleet and then they got past all of the, the defense barriers and they could come through and just lay waste to the planet that's what the original six did that's why she they wanted that stuff all of those upgrades if you remember from the the mini movie the razor uh-huh how she's on there. She's upgrading all of these systems.
1: Well, but see, I don't think she was actually upgrading the systems. I think she was just planting a virus and calling it an upgrade. I don't think that it was ever actually whatever legitimately it, adding Cylon technology. Whatever it is, it's still Cylon. And so the
0: why in the world they would think that – well, I guess they, they don't think. They know that people are going to be upset about it, which is why they're not talking right. about it. But why
1: are they seemingly okay with this? Well, I think Adama has basically decided, sink or swim, it's with mm-hmm. the Cylons. There, There is no option here without the Cylons. At least the rebel forces of the Cylons.
0: Now, one of the interesting things, because they're in a room, and Gateth, you know, they're in the <laughs> uh, the Galactica room, and Gateth asks a question, yeah, but... I mean, the, the, all of the Cylon technology is great. Yeah, we'll have vast improvements, but what's the catch? What do they want? Yeah. And their proposal is: in order for us to give this to you, we want to be citizens of the fleet, and we want to see at the quorum table. Yeah, which is whoa, groundbreaking.
2: Well, to the fleet maybe, but to these guys who know, oh, the Cylons were the thirteenth colony. Or at least believe that the, the 13th colony why wouldn't they get a seat here's the thing to me that is that for the humans should be the
1: best idea they've ever heard because if we invite the silent these these Cylons in and make them members of the fleet we make them citizens of the uh, hmm. what do they call themselves not the council but the quorum quorum of no 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 we make them citizens of the fleet what what's the term for humanity citizen what do they call their civilization it's not a republic it's not a federation it's have they ever called it something yes they have I can't remember what it is does it matter that much Uh, other than the fact that now I can't remember the word and it's driving me nuts no it doesn't matter if we make them citizens we give them a seat at the quorum table they are now invested just as much as we are in making sure that something good happens I, I would think that that is, it's like, wait, you're giving me an opportunity to take my worst enemy and pivot and make them invested in keeping me alive? Why would I turn that down?
2: It's not a theocracy, is it? No.
1: The
0: Here's my argument to that. They're Cylons. <laughs> they can't be trusted. They're evil. They tried to kill us once. This is just the latest plot. This is just the latest way for them to get in at us to finally completely totally wipe us Look, out. If they they're want they're to yeah, finally right completely there. totally wipe us out, all they have to I do didn't say it was the right person making this argument. I'm just saying this is what you have to deal with. I'm, I'm. If I'm in that room, I've got to be the voice that says, "Yeah, should we be okay letting the Cylons upgrade <laughs> our systems?" So that we have these new things. Well, I think I'm nervous. Gaeta is it. the same guy.
1: Same guy, pissed off guy. No, I'm saying I think Gaeta is on the same page you are. Okay. Whereas <laughs> most of the other people in the room are looking at this and saying, strategic advantage here. Yeah. Okay.
0: So go back to Doc Cottle. <laughs> he, uh, there is, of course, we, we've seen Gaeta now. He's there in the hospital. Uh, he was there at the same time they were working on the uh, the um, not Tyrell Ty and Six's child, yeah. and he's like, "Oh man, how how do I get bumped and they get all of the you know the, the precious time with the doctor and you know poor me blah 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 you know Cylons suck you know why can't they take care of humans blah blah blah." During that time, Tyrell shows up because his baby is peeing blood. And concerned, rightly so. uh, Blood shouldn't be coming out of the urethra, not normally. So they kind of work on the the kid eventually in this later scene. They're like, hey, well, it looks like he has something. I can't remember. Renal failure. Renal failure. Kidneys are going bad. Yep. And he's like, okay, well... Uh yeah, here's some of our options and Tyrrell's like, oh, well hey, do you need some of my blood? Do we need to start banking some of that? And he's like, Uh no, no, we're the the nurse says, No, we've got plenty of, of his type. His type. Um and thirty's so like, like, Wait, what? How, how do you have
1: a bunch of half Cylon blood laying around? <laughs> <laughs> and it all kind yeah. of unfolds. Now you and I talked about this earlier today, briefly. And I said, you know, in retrospect, I should have seen this coming. You mentioned that. And your response was, I don't see how anyone could. Yeah, I don't see how anyone could. Here's how someone could, in my mind. Trust the writers a little bit more. And I mentioned several times, why is no one making a big deal about Tyrell and Callie's half-silent baby? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, here's the answer because the cylons all along knew that tyrell was not the father. Uh, I'm just saying you could you. I, I felt like I felt in retrospect it's like oh, you know, nobody ever made a big deal about this being a half cylon child and maybe the you know, maybe the writers in their minds decided somehow the cylons Here, Here's
0: knew this. the here's the thing for me. They already have a half Cylon baby. By the time they figure out that Tyrell is a Cylon, we're all well and comfortable with this idea of a Cylon baby. I don't think it's a big deal. That that aspect of oh my gosh, there's a human Cylon
1: pairing that created a real thing. I would think that they'd want they would react the same way to all human Cylon hybrids as they did to Hera. Yeah, I again, like I said, it, it's still
0: so fresh. When didn't we just learn about tyrrell being a Cylon in what the the episode Revelations? Right. That's just the that's just two episodes ago.
1: No. Yeah, the Cylons knew about it before that, right?
0: Uh, uh, uh Deanna. She was the only one who okay. knew.
1: Now you're right. Okay. Okay. Okay.
0: So here's, here's my thought about this. We have, what, one of the things that Doc Cottle says is, look, I had patient confidentiality. I could not yeah. reveal this. Which I found kind of ambiguous because there's doctor-patient confidentiality, but what about the right of the father in all of this? Too many times in our society, it's like mother and child that that bond is sacrosanct. Yeah, inviolable. That that's the where it goes. And the right of the father isn't considered in any of this, sure. yeah. you know. For for various reasons. But in this case, the baby's already here. And sure it may be inconvenient for the mother, but for legal reasons. Like that father who turns out to be hot dog, the the pilot. Is that who that was? Yes. He looks different.
1: He I didn't recognize him.
0: Well, he was a little sad. Okay. You know. What with the earth being decimated and <laughs> not the hope that everyone thought it would be. Um he should have been told Yeah, I Th- agree. This is this is his kid. So Doc Coddle's like look, this is doctor-patient confidentiality, I can't tell you this, I can't tell you that, is a load of crap, in my opinion. I don't know what the legal ramifications are, if this happened in our day and age, like, what would have to happen. Like, I don't know if there's, you know... A legal framework for this? Yeah, I'm sure at some point, somewhere along the lines, it's happened, because, sure, you know, women be out there, you know, just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> having fun getting knocked up and then trying to choose who's going to be
1: the baby daddy.
2: You heard it here, heard it here at Truckus 5. <laughs> Women be out there yes. having fun. <laughs>
1: uh you know the I can see telling the father but not telling Tyrell. Yes. That would make I'm sense. okay with I I guess I kind of
0: want Tyrell to to find out because He's having a huge amount of responsibility and pressure put upon him because it's assumed he's the father and therefore
1: has the responsibility it, of this child. In in a, In a a compassionate sense, I agree with you. I'm mm-hmm. saying as far as a legal framework goes, I can see a defensible position for saying, look, we told the real father he didn't want to be involved. It really wasn't our business as medical professionals to tell Tyrrell that he's not the father. I see
0: the point. I just think that's wrong. And I'm curious what the, what in reality kind of happens. Yeah. You know,
2: I see this well within Doc's coddles character though. He's, you know, and you sure, think you're that kid's dad. I'm going to let you keep thinking that and you're going to keep raising that kid. Right. And where everything's going to be fine. Right. I, I get that
0: too. It still doesn't change the fact that it's wrong. I I, you know, he he keeps this holy connection of doctor patient whatever, but you know, never mind. You're you're leaving out some critical people. <laughs> uh, you know, the sperm donut. Uh donor. <laughs> the sperm donut. I, I did, did I, I just create a new <laughs> I never did I just ever. create a thing. <laughs> oh <my> gosh. <laughs> to everybody listening, I am sorry. Um Okay, let's uh let's move on here, Doctor Oh, uh so can we hate Callie now? Is it okay for us to hate Callie? Is it long is it enough time since her death You
1: can hate Callie whenever you want. I don't hate Callie.
0: Because it's tough to hate, you know, the mother uh who is, you know, just found out that these Cylons uh you know are on the fleet and you know she gets killed by them it's tough to say yeah she's a real downer when her husband is really not that you know emotionally responsive to her but now we can hate her right because sure, sure Pete, she was sleeping around hate her. she is she is not a good person She's a, she's a person. I have never liked Callie. I have been waiting so long for this to happen for this, this particular scene to come out so that I can say, finally, I can hate Callie and okay. you know, you can't say, well, wait, why would you hate Callie?
1: She's like, well, maybe a little annoying, but you know, can't hate her for you maybe know maybe a little annoying and maybe slept around before she got married, but this she's okay. been
0: deceitful the whole time. She's a liar. She's a liar because she knew what the truth was. I see.
2: And no one else on the fleet.
1: (laughs) See, you never hated Doc Cottle for keeping this secret. Uh, I think he was
0: morally ambiguous here with the the whole thing. I think he was picking and choosing what he thought was moral. Which is, as Aaron mentioned, perfectly in line with Doc Cottle. As as far as the character is concerned.
1: So, Laura Rosalind has decided to stop taking her medication. Uh Uh-huh. And uh Admiral Adama comes to her and tells her, We need you, Laura. I know that you're tired, but we need you. I, I just I like that scene between the two. You know, and and I, I really think on some level what Adama wants to say is I need you. Please come back, I need you to help get yeah, through this.
0: Right. I'm shouldering this alone. <laughs> you yeah. need to step back in. Here's what I found so repugnant about that scene. She decides she's going to stop taking her medication. And the way she decides is she's going to throw away all of the pills. <laughs> which, I'm, I'm turning a blind eye to this magical realm where we're just getting pills that are, you know, there were a massive amount of pills were, that there she were a was lot taking. Of pills there, yeah. Where are they coming from? I wasn't aware that battleships
1: uh, really carried medication. There's that medical dispensary ship that was part of the fleet yeah, that that's was, that's being made was, up on was, the spot. was making a, a trip from Sagittarius to <laughs> Caprica. So dumb. So Caprica. dumb. So dumb.
2: <laughs> Although um, I would say she is the president, so if there's any meds out there, she can be like, give me those meds. <laughs> yeah, but she just throws them away. I'm sure there's somebody else out there who's suffering well, I,
0: from cancer. Who probably can I'm, use I'm sure the, the those guy benefit. going
2: through her garbage is like, sweet.
1: <laughs>
2: those are going <laughs> so, onto the black yeah. market ship right now. <laughs> Hey Lee,
1: <laughs> as head of the black market, can you take care of these oh, for me? Oh man. Okay, so
0: we have Gaeta and Starbuck. Uh Gaeta comes in, he's like, "Hey, uh hey Starbuck. How uh how about, uh that whole stuff with the me getting shot in the leg. Uh, what what's going on there?" Well, no, no, he he first he goes after
1: the whole death squad thing, the the circle. The the group of people who were Judging who should live and who should die after New Caprica, and they How were nice going to miss that. They were going to execute him. You remember? Do you remember the group I'm talking about? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He's like, "How'd that work out for you?" It turns out everyone on that group was a Cylon except for you, and you were married to one. <laughs> and I, I thought that's interesting. I had not put that together that everybody who was on that group was a Cylon
0: was everybody i thought one of the
1: one of the deck hands oh no you're right there was was one woman it was uh she becomes a
0: pilot yeah i don't remember to say neelix but that's not right neelix (laughs) don't insult her like that (laughs) (laughs) um okay so then uh, uh you know she obviously is gets defensive because that's what starbuck does And, you know, he brings up the whole, hey, you, you know, you shot me, you know, is they go back and forth. There's some great lines. I think uh, one of the I think is Brainy who will quote a couple of them. Uh, One of the ones I wrote down was um, at least I'm not a gimp, (laughs) which is a pretty harsh thing to say. And she leaves. He shuts the door. And as it's being shut, he says, let's talk. Yeah, everyone. Who now has this rapt audience who is probably not too happy with... Starbuck. Starbuck. Probably have you know seen all of the things she's quote-unquote gotten away with over the years. Yeah. And Gaeta, who... Everybody's got to be sympathetic to this guy. Number one, he was likable to everyone. He was trying to help the humans on New Caprica. And he... He gets shot in the leg. He lost his leg. Of course, everyone's <laughs> going to be sympathetic to him, which will play into
1: the end of the episode. Yeah. Um. So we go. We jump to the quorum, mm-hmm. and, and Zarek makes this big speech about in prison you live on wishes because yeah. you can't face reality. Now he starts this whole thing with, you know, I'm exercising the right of the committee chair to bring forward a motion. And then he launches straight into debate. <laughs> and to I made the note, Lee should call for decorum, raise a point of order, and insist that Zarek bring forth his motion instead of introducing debate. Oh, he did. <laughs> <laughs>
0: the first time they get Parliament's procedure correct
1: well, on And then television. they immediately get it wrong <laughs> because somebody says, I call the question. When you call the question, you actually have to vote on whether or not to end debate. Before you can vote on the motion. (laughs) And they jumped straight to voting on the motion. Oh, the question's been called. It's been seconded. Everyone in favor of the motion say, you have to first find out whether the the entire body as a whole actually wants to end debate. (laughs) So
0: let me tell a funny story. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning with my top five, I used to do parliamentary procedure. Um, I was the president. So, you know, when we're doing our mock thing, you know, there's a mock debate, mock uh, motions that come forward, etc. Um, I'm the one leading all of this. So it's all on me. (laughs) I make a mistake. Point of order. Like three (laughs) people stand up. I'm like, huh? You know, just a kid, just a freshman in high school. You know, what do I know? And I look up and there's these people that are like standing at attention next to their chairs. And I'm supposed, you know, I'm supposed to then call on yes, one of them, them. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, huh, well, I wonder what I did here, <laughs> and called on one of them. And it was not the, the last time that that ever happened, uh, but I just remember that that vacant expression that I'm sure was on my face, <laughs> I'm like, huh,
1: what, something wrong there? What uh, What did you do wrong? Now, see, so here's the difference between you and a member of the Utah County Republican Party at large. You actually bothered to take the time to try and find out what you had done wrong and did not just continue to steamroll. <laughs> well, to be fair, I mean, this was the
0: point. I wasn't trying to pass legislation, yeah. real yeah. stuff. This was just, you know, I'm trying to get points from my team. Oops, I made a mistake. Um, okay, Zarek's passing laws. Uh, Rosalind wants to turn her back on Adama. Not very... But Dom is trying to engage her, get her back into this. Just like, hey, I uh, you're not going to your appointments here. You've
1: basically you've said Steven you're arc. done. Yep.
0: And she's like, Yeah, see you later. I'm gonna go jog some more. Yeah, this is I, fun. I thought it
1: was really interesting the way they start this scene off with the juxtaposition of Rosalind doing the world's most awkward jog ever captured <laughs> on film. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, an elderly woman. <laughs> Uh, juxtaposed with Adama sleeping in his desk with an open cantle of whiskey. Uh-huh. Uh I, I just thought that was v- a very interesting point of opposition to make on, in the arcs of the two characters where Rosalind has decided to give up and so she's just carefree and and without without any worries, I'm jogging around the ship. Whereas Adama is just so weighed down. He,
0: yeah, the the comment, the, the quote that I made here uh, from that scene was maybe today is all we have left. Yeah, which... good old YOLO, <laughs> or well, eat, t- drink and be merry. Here, here is I am going to try and defend it a little bit with Rosalind, who has essentially been given a death sentence. Maybe she might get through this round of of the the latest cancer, but it's going to come back. She's going to die. On top of that, they just had their entire hopes and dreams. Completely dashed. Yeah. Taken away. That's got to be demoralizing. Agreed. So a, a statement like that is, you know, I focused for so long on the hard, difficult thing, trying to keep it all together. You know what? I'm tired. I'm done. M- maybe this is just it. Let me just have that last little bit of happiness. Almost to to the extent of Douala. Yeah. Who, you know, she's just choosing a little longer period sure. of... Yeah. Uh, a more um, protracted suicide. form of suicide. Yeah, uh, because you know, just
1: let nature take its course. Whatever it is, fine. yeah. I just, I just really liked seeing the juxtaposition, and even in the dialogue, we get something like that where Adama says, "You look good. You, you've got you're flushed. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to look good. You're supposed <laughs> to be in sick bay with a tube in your arm." <laughs> and her response is, "I've played my role in this farce. Now what?" Because the prophecies of Pythia really if you think about it she has played out her role there is no more prophecy to follow yes
0: absolutely awesome awesome comment i'm glad you made that uh you're right it it doesn't say um oh and you're gonna live happily ever
1: after it's just like you're gonna get them there you you did the thing that you were called by god to do now what what are you supposed to do next uh the really interesting thing that I... I, don't, I can't remember if I mentioned it last episode that I wanted to point out when she was burning the Book of Pythia. Uh-huh. She actually makes the comment... She refers to the prophecy of the hybrid, whatever you want to call that. She said, I'm supposed to understand the meaning of the opera house. I have no idea what it means. So I thought that was oh, interesting. Okay. There is still something for the character arc of Rosalind because the hybrid said the dying leader will come to understand the meaning of the opera house. And she still asserts right. herself... I don't know what that means, what it signifies yet. Right, 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 right. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Oh, the Baltar stuff
0: gets weird. What manner <laughs> gets of weird. forgiveness are you seeking? Um, because he's he's going off on this. this... He, he's blaspheming. Yeah. Like, and hardcore. everybody is like right along with us. Like yeah. before, that would have been. So, they would have been like, what? We're losing our faith here. The, our our
1: leader doesn't believe in God. Like he is, he is down on God. Yeah, I really was expecting to see Head Six show up at any second and say, "Gaius, stop what you're doing. Yeah, where are you going? Yeah, yeah, this? yeah. You've got, you got to stop this." No sign of her.
0: Yeah, yeah. Good. Con- that's that's a that's a great point. Um. So Tyrrell and Hot Dog settle things the manly way.
1: <laughs> yeah. So beat the each note other. I made was. Cheryl punches out the baby's real father and Gaius's sermon becomes fight club.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It actually makes it better because of the first rule of fight club. (laughs) (laughs) So now we have the issue of the Tillium ship. Yeah.
0: Uh, So there are various ships out there who are, you know, they're basically saying, no, you can't come aboard the ship. We're not going to let that happen. Gaeta points out. He's like, Hey, just so we're clear, you know, as Adam was talking about this, he's like, hey, they're legally allowed to do that. They have legal resource, you know, recourse to do that. Then they talk about the Tillium ship. Yeah, the Tillium ship, he's like, no, that's
1: military. No, no. He said jump engine decisions are military. Oh, okay. And Gate is like, and you Fine. get to decide that arbitrarily? And he's like, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, consistent uh, sh- with Admiral sh- Adama's character. Yes, yes. Shaky ground,
0: to yes, be sure, yeah. but consistent. We get a
1: great line from Zarek as they're listening in on the conversation between Vice President Zarek and the Tillium ship, where he says, Every citizen has the right uh to protect themselves from oppression. Take whatever measures you think necessary.
0: Yes. Awesome. Yes. Because he basically tells him what to do without getting, technically, his hands dirty here. So the Tillium ship jumps away. They go and arrest. Zarek. Admiral Adama
1: authorizes the use of deadly force. (laughs) Why don't they use it? I wanted to see
2: that. Yes. I really wanted to see that. Stop arresting these people and putting them in jail. It doesn't do anything. Shoot him in the head. Have it done with it.
0: Adama has the best line. You know, there are days I really hate this job. (laughs) Which, I mean, you gotta feel
2: for him If nothing's going right. The last year or so has really been...
0: (laughs) Uh, So we do have this one small scene where... Uh, Tyrell and hot dog are there and Tyrell's basically saying, look, you're going to stay here with the kid. Uh, you know, because this is what the father does. This is what says, I don't know anything about
1: being a father. Mm -hmm. I'm going to point out. No one does. I'm sorry. (laughs) No one does. It
2: sucks. Except the parts that don't.
1: It sucks. Except for the parts that don't. Truer words, never spoken.
0: (laughs) And so he says, you know, Hey, you're going to stay
1: here with yeah. him rule number one your first lesson your kids in the hospital you never leave him alone yeah he's like well how long until i get back
0: yeah, yeah. right because so <laughs> like, i got i'm drunk right now i need to go sleep this off <laughs> which is it's kind of nice shows a good character to tyrell because he still is is concerned about this child and yep. it's not just yep. going to say you know hands are clean you're the dad, you deal with it. You know, he legitimately knows that this is not going to be good for the child and needs to see that it is going to be taken care of.
1: I liked that. Um, here's the thing. What? I, I was not going to comment on this until you praised Tyrell. Okay. But Tyrell says the first lesson of being a father is your kid is in the hospital. You don't leave him alone. And yet, when Tyrrell was told he was not this baby's father, he, he walked, walked out of the room and has not, as far as we know, been back since. So I don't totally buy into this.
0: Well, he wasn't the father. Yeah, he was. So technically,
1: still okay. I'm just saying, I don't totally buy into that. This is such a great comment on Tyrrell's character. It is. It is. Because he's pissed.
0: He's not happy about what happened. He's not the father. This is how he finds out. You know what? You deal with it. He goes and gets in a fight, and then he realizes the error of his ways. Hot Dog didn't know. Hot Dog was just as much in the dark as he was. He just found out a few days ago. And he's like, he realizes this is not fair to the situation. I'm going to still be a part of this. Okay. If he had never gone back, if he just says to Hot Dog... Tough, you figure it out and walks away, then he's pretty much a jerk. And I I don't think very highly of him. But he does stay, he does show some concern. Okay. The The End. <laughs> we have the awesome bluff. Fantastic bluff. Which works out phenomenally. Yeah. So there's dirt on Zarek.
1: The legend and the myth of Tom Zarek, the political prisoner and man of conscience cannot survive the airing of that much dirty laundry
0: which is phenomenal because it literally was reports oh, on dirty, dirty laundry, laundry.
1: <laughs> so so awesome yeah um i don't and know it, how he kept a straight face <laughs> <delivering laughs> that I,
0: I think people can keep straight faces when they say yeah go ahead and pull out your gun and blow her head away if uh if i tell you to yeah okay. the man's He's got that down he's got, he's got the poker face down Yeah
2: Right now he's so tired I'm, I'm sure that's, <laughs> You know His default expression Is just mm.
0: <laughs> So uh, he's, He ends up being right He, he calls it Because Zarek He, he backs down he writes down the location. <laughs> I like how Zarek does it. Writes it down, doesn't hand it to him, crumples it up, throws Throw it, on, it the
1: on the floor. The floor. <laughs> it was especially poignant because of the number of times in this episode He's we've seen Adama stop and pick up a piece of paper. Right, of that's right, that's right, yeah. I, th- I thought that tied all of that arc together in a nice arc of exhaustion and frustration for Adama. But there's this great line in here uh-huh. Zerik tells Adama, the only difference between you and me is that you've got that uniform, and I don't.
0: Uh, you know? No. I disagree.
1: You disagree that it's a good line?
0: Uh, no. <laughs> good line, sure. You but I disagree with Zarek. Okay. Because there isn't the dirt on Adama okay. that there is on
1: Zarek. There is a different kind of dirt. Right? The way he's run roughshod over the rights of the people and things like that.
2: I suppose that's true. But I, that's, I, say, I suppose that's true. I would say everything Adama's done has been to keep everyone alive. Okay. I or like where you're going so. with that. Whereas Zarek, it's like a power play. Everything's... So here's my question.
1: Is that the uniform? That he, I would ignore the question. <laughs> <laughs> and answer one of your own.
0: It's easier, <laughs> um, and say Zarek has the chan- had the chance in his life to put on a uniform. Okay, Zarek chose a political life. He he chose to be what he became. So for him to say, "Oh, you know, there's no difference between us," that's posturing.
1: Okay, so I I, I totally understand, and so I, I I agree with you on that. That's not the direction I was trying to take the conversation.
2: Kara Thrace had the uniform, and neither of them, I don't think, have done anything to live up to it.
1: No, no, no. What, what, what where I wanted to go with this? What I yeah. wanted to talk about is if you're doing, if you're making the same decisions, if you got two guys, one of them a member of the United States military, let's let's say, and the other one not a member of the United States military. They both kill 60 people. The guy that's in the United States military, if he's doing it in the service of the country, even if he did it in a, in horribly brutal ways, mm-hmm. we applaud that to some extent. We at least allow it. The other guy is doing it, and, and it's entirely, you know, let's even say, go so far as to say they both enjoyed it. Mm. They both loved it, mm-hmm. reveled in it. We're okay with that in the guy that's wearing the uniform. We're not okay with that in the guy that's not. Even if the guy that's not, I would go so far to say, even if the guy that's not is only killing people that we would want to die anyway, we would still consider that a wrong thing. I I think
0: you're right. But it's because it, there's the difference in the responsibility that we've We've allocated to whatever roles they play okay. in, in the society, so, and so, so the military person plays that role of, okay, I'm asked to do I'm terrible killer. things yeah. in in the act. I of, walk with blood on my hands. Yeah, preservation of society, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, versus the political person, who really should be there for the betterment of all, and yet, according to what we see here in this episode, lines his pockets. As he's trying to bully his way through things, right. both I would agree, bully to get their their positions because Adama's you know running roughshod with his whole <laughs> oh yeah I'm gonna decide when you know this is in the military interest and can't be made by anybody right. else I'm gonna decide oh this is a military secret and so I don't have to discuss it with you press corps, etc. But he. His goal, his motivation, isn't about claiming power for himself to be powerful because we don't see him acting in any real selfish manner right. that's detrimental to other
1: people. Tom Zarek does. So the the the, the conclusion that I came to, is because like, I went down very much the mm-hmm. same path you did, I actually ended up tying this back to the beginning of the episode when Tyrell comes and he says, okay, we're willing to give you guys the the technology in exchange for membership in the fleet. And his, his rationale behind that was I convinced the other Cylons that Admiral Adama takes his oath seriously and would put the entire fleet at risk before he surrendered his oath. And, and so the, the line that I have is okay, I'll grant that, that maybe the difference between Zarek and Adama is the uniform, but that's enough. Because the oath and the uniform, the way those are tied together for Adama, it's enough to make that difference acceptable.
2: It becomes sacred. Yeah. I would, I would say that there's another difference in that Adama, he he doesn't just take the authority, he takes the weight. I mean, you're really starting to see it where he's falling asleep in his clothes just because he, he's so tired. So he's taking that responsibility as well. Okay. On his shoulders, not just the power.
0: Okay, hmm. that's a good point. Um, "Quote: Every revolution begins with one small act." Tom Zarek to Geta, Gata, as Geta's there sitting in in his cell, which. I can only assume that the guards must be on Gata's side. Oh yeah. It's clear. Like the guard looks over. Yeah. Kind of in clearly... the background, you can see him like peering around the window. Cause it, sort that of
1: happens right. As Gaeta is saying, there's enough people mm-hmm. with me. I mean, that, they're trying to show us, yeah, the guards are in on this.
0: Yeah. Um, which is. Uh, sad. Yeah. So Sad we now cut to a scene where <laughs> another great juxtaposition here rosalyn and adama are in bed with each other literally and i'm assuming he's taken to heart maybe today is all we have left and acting out on the the love and compassion he does have for for this woman and attraction sure Sure um so I I, I I liked that yeah that's it that's all the comments I've got I don't okay. know if you have anything nope. more you want to Aaron. share Aaron uh let's see emails brainy says now we have some conflict that crazy Zarek and his wacky buddies the quorum I think they are gonna be great friends. Uh, I also think that the story of Felix is very awesome. He is one character in the show that I feel they developed perfectly as Mm. the seasons progressed. A well-balanced arc. It's also not hard to empathize with him. I like his confrontation with Starbuck. Neither of them are right. Starbuck's low blow was lacking. You don't correct kicks to half kicks. (laughs) You correct it to kicks. That's funny. Like when Cottle told Saul to open his eye. Yeah. And don't forget about Gaius and the Nymph Squad. What are they doing? <laughs> I also think Hot Dog and Chief would make for another great spinoff. Maybe a sitcom where they raise the baby together.
1: <laughs> that would be great. <laughs>
0: Written and directed by Ron Moore It's got his style all over the place Right before the writer strike We get a great episode in the middle Of my favorite arc Sci-fi 8, TV 7 Music 7 Joey's final several <laughs>
1: What's Cavill up to? Oh he is Searching the universe desperately To find these two groups
0: Okay How will Chief's Story play out? The sitcom route? He, uh, <laughs> no. He and Hot Dog? <laughs>
1: that would be funny. Hot Dog
0: moves into his because uh, he's got his own room his there.
1: Quarters, yeah. Uh, you know, I think that Tyrrell is going to slowly withdraw from his from his adoptive son's life and become m- more accepting of his Cylon self. Okay. He can he can finally kind of close the chapter on the human part of his life
0: interesting okay is yeah i guess that's really the last tie yeah Man. tie. Ha. is felix a victim
1: here yes but that's not a good thing i mean like he uh, he's a victim because he allowed himself to be victimized by
0: it here here's my take on that he's a victim yes because terrible things happen to him but that doesn't excuse the decisions that he then makes to allow himself to be victimized by them.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, I I I'm just putting a different definition to okay. the word victim. Being victimized means like, oh, I'm just giving up and I'm no, no, no. blah blah blah. Yeah. Okay. I I'm saying he was a victim in what happened to him. It's tragic what happened to him, but he's fully conscious in making the decisions that he's making right sure. now, and I don't feel sorry for him at all.
1: Yeah, I think I think we're saying the same thing.
0: Okay. How do I hate Rosalind? Oh, sorry. Why do I hate Rosalind so much? Am I just a jerk? So the question is, is Brainy a jerk for
2: hating Rosalind?
1: Well,
0: Brainy may be a jerk.
3: <laughs>
2: well, I think this goes back to what Joey said earlier about the we don't know how much other people can take.
1: No, uh, here's the thing. Uh, like, the question... The,
2: question the problem I have...
1: I, I don't feel like I can answer this question because I don't know at what point he started to hate Rosalind. Did he hate Rosalind from the first time she was introduced?
2: He's, on his first watch he's through?
1: not liked Rosalind numerous times throughout. But I'm saying he'd already seen this and he knew where her character arc was going. In his initial yeah. watching... Did he, Did he have that it? same so reaction is like to Ron? It's uh, a good question. I don't have an answer. I, I don't trigger. feel like I have enough information about Brainy to really answer that accurately. Okay. Last question: What's the Quorum's next move? So I think the Quorum is going to be the biggest problem <laughs> I can totally see the Quorum teaming up with Cavill. Really. Yes. Yeah, I can see Cavill showing up, making this impassioned argument that you know, the the Adama Rosalind faction is trying to destroy humanity. They they look, they're they're there, they're making peace with the these Cylons that I've told you are such terrible people and I've come up with these reasons why I think they're so terrible. Hmm. And really you guys should be working with me to stop Adama and Rosalind. I could totally see the quorum where they're at right now okay. falling for that.
0: Uh, later dudes, Ambassador Brainy Smurf. Uh, oh, thanks, Brainy. Brainy, thank you very much for the email. It's great. Uh, same to JD and uh, Fishhead for uh, for their emails with their top five. Uh, okay, anything else? No. Nope. That's, that's it.
2: Aaron? Science fiction. Give it a four. I don't think there's really very much science fiction-y.
1: Yeah, I gave it a four as well. I didn't really feel like there was a strong science fiction thread here.
0: I... I disagree. I give it a 7. Uh I I felt like a lot of the themes that were discussed in here um I I felt like it was science fiction heavy.
1: Okay. Aaron Television.
2: I'll give it a 6. Much better than the last episode.
1: I give this a 7 again. I I enjoyed both of these episodes a lot. I enjoyed the previous one a little bit more. I, I, I my fancy was tickled by the the morbidity. <laughs> But uh, this also was a very engaging episode.
0: The the humor was you know was off the charts on this and that it's that dry, morbid style kind of humor that's just the Emily Dickens. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I enjoyed it. I give this a seven. Uh, yeah, seven. And uh, I it's tough to watch some of these scenes because I actually I kind of like Tom Zarek,
3: hmm.
0: but. I mean something's gonna have to happen here. Yeah. Because we're coming to the end of the se- series um and I I just I'm not happy with what what's happening with Geta. He's allowing himself to make terrible decisions. You know, it now. was this
1: episode where I was like, "Oh, I I know now why Pete has been saying for so long that how frustrated he is with what they did with gata's character even when they took his leg i was just kind of like yeah that's unfortunate but i don't understand pete's vehemence about what happened to the character here i'm with you i see where your frustration comes from yeah well
0: we're gonna discuss it more
1: Well, that brings us to the end of another podcast. We hope that you've been inspired to take a deeper look at your entertainment choices and discuss it with friends, family, or just a couple of complete strangers you only know from the internet. As always, we invite your comments to our email at trekwest5 at thehomestarmy.com. You can tweet Pete at Trek West 5, or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 801-508-4242. So until next time, I am Joey. And I am Peter. And we thank you for listening.